This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. As I'm recording this story, on the Hasidic holiday of Yud Tes Kislev, the holiday in which the Alter Rebbe, the first Rebbe of Chabad, was released from prison, but it was taken as a sign from heaven that Hasidus could now be spread publicly outwards. And so it's celebrated as a Hasidic holiday by Chabad and many other Hasidic groups. So I have for you today two stories about the Alter Rebbe. Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, who was also known as the Alter Rebbe, the first Rebbe of Chabad, once sent one of his Hasidim on an important mission to deliver a large sum of money at a distant location. And the Rebbe blessed him with a safe trip. But he said to him, Be very careful not to enter any home that does not have windows on the eastern side of the house. The Chassid thought that's kind of a strange piece of advice, but kept it in mind. And early the next morning, the Chassid set off happily on his way. The first few hours went by without any problems, but then it started to snow, and after a few more hours, the light snow turned into a serious storm, and the sun was setting, the wind was growing stronger, and it was getting colder from minute to minute. It was getting to the point where the chassid was worried for his life, and so he tried to speed up the horses, hoping to reach some type of inn or a place to stay, but one hour passed after the next and there was absolutely no sign of civilization. It was getting to the point where the chassid was freezing and numb. It was colder, much colder than usual, and the snow was falling densely. He couldn't even see where he was going. He said to Hashem, Please, Master of the Universe, show me a sign. Help me to get out of this place. And suddenly, through the snow, he saw what looked like a house way down the road. And with the last bit of energy he had, he pushed the horses in that direction. And sure enough, it was a house. It even had a mezuzah on the door. And he thanked Hashem for his good luck. He jumped out of the wagon, onto the front porch, and knocked on the door. And an elderly woman opens the door and says to him, please come inside. The house was so warm. She said, you must be freezing. Come, come, have a cup of tea. Here, sit here by the stove. In a few minutes, my sons will be back. They'll put your horse in the barn. Please sit down. And so just as he sits down and begins to warm up a little bit, he remembers that he hadn't daven mincha yet, the afternoon prayer. So he asks the woman, which direction is Eretz Yisrael? And she points, and he started davening, thanking Hashem for his good fortune. And as he finished davening, taking three steps back, he noticed that something was wrong he noticed that in the eastern wall of the house, there were no windows. And so without thinking, he put his coat on and walked to the door and he said, I'm really sorry, I have to check something in the wagon, I'll be right back. But the door was locked. He went over to a window, but it was locked as well. And he told the old woman, listen, I forgot something in the wagon, could you please open the door for me? And suddenly a key opens the door from the outside. And four strong, healthy young men 
entered the house from the freezing storm, as soon as they saw the chassid, they immediately grabbed him, emptied his pockets, and tied him up. They laid him on the ground in a corner and sat down to eat, while the old lady looked at all the money that the chassid had had on him. Ho, ho, she said. Look what we have here. And she holds up the money that she found in his wallet. It looks like we caught a really big fish this time. One of the sons takes a look at the money, and he goes over to the cupboard, pulls out a large bottle of vodka and puts it on the table with a bang. Brothers, he says, let's celebrate. Hashem has been good to us. We have enough money here to be happy for a very long time. But first, let's take care of our guest. And he pulls a large knife from somewhere out under his coat, while one of the other brothers is pouring him a drink. And he takes the cup of vodka in his hand, and he raises it high, and he says, L'chaim, except to you, of course. And he was looking at the chassid. And one of the brothers, surprised by the joke, laughed so hard that he sprayed vodka out of his mouth on the others. <laughs> and they all started laughing. <laughs> they were singing a song, drinking one l'chaim after another. And then the door opened again. And it was the father. Ah, look at this. He looks at the bound chassid. He looks at all the money on the table. He says, good work, boys. Excellent job. We're just going to have to take care of him. I'm glad you left him for me. You know what? In the morning, I'll take care of him myself. Now let's say a l'chaim to our good fortune. And before long, they all got drunk, fell asleep, and forgot all about the chassid. And late that night, when they were all sleeping, the father woke up, looked around to make sure that no one else was awake, and gently tipped over to the chassid. He told him, shh, quiet. He cut his ropes and motioned for him to follow after him. And quietly they tiptoed to the door. The father opened it and whispered in the chassid's ear as he gave him his coat. Here is most of the money back. He pushed the money into the chassid's pocket. And here, he said, giving him a gold coin. Tell your Rebbe to daven for me, please. You see, I'm giving tzedakah. Tell him to pray for me. Now go, get out of here. Go as fast as you can. Run for your life. The chassid opened the door, ran to his horses in his wagon, and rode like he'd never drove before. The storm had stopped, so it was much easier for him to travel. And he kept going until he got to the Alter Rebbe's house. And when he reaches the Alter Rebbe's room, the Alter Rebbe looks up at him. He says, I know what happened. You don't have to tell me. You should know. The entire night I was awake because of you. And then the chassid gave the gold coin and told the Alter Rebbe of the father's request that the Alter Rebbe daven for him. The Rebbe took the coin and wedged it in a crack in the wooden wall next to his desk. And that was it. He didn't say anything else. And the whole incident was forgotten. Fifteen years passed, and the Chassid, who was now married with a family, became one of the personal secretaries of the Alter Rebbe. And one day he answered the door. There was a beggar there, and he told the beggar to wait. And when the Chassid entered the Alter Rebbe's room and told him that there was a beggar at the door, the Rebbe reached down and pulled the gold coin from the crack where it had been sitting for 15 years and told the Chassid that this beggar was the father who had freed him all those years ago. When the wife and sons woke up and they realized what the father had done, they beat him and threw him out of the house. And that was just a few hours before the police came and took off the mother and the boys to jail. The father, who had been a murderer and a thief all of his life, 
began a life of wandering and doing tshuva. And now 15 years later, in addition to saving him and causing him to repent, the Alter Rebbe was repaying him for the favor of saving his chassid by giving him back his own gold coin and allowing him to start his life all over again, this time as a chassid himself of the Alter Rebbe. I have another story for you. This was a story about the Alter Rebbe that was told by the last Labavitcher Rebbe. There was a Jewish woman in Liozna, the town of the Alter Rebbe, who had just given birth. And it was Yom Kippur, and everybody had gone off to pray. And all of a sudden, in the middle of davening on Yom Kippur, in the highest place of the davening, the Alter Rebbe takes off his talis and walks out of shul. A few of the Hasidim, curious to know what the Alter Rebbe is doing, leaving the davening in the middle of Yom Kippur, they follow him at a distance. They see that he goes to the home all the way at the end of the village. And he sees that there's a woman there who had recently given birth. And because it was Yom Kippur, everyone was in shul, so there was no one to take care of her. So the Alter Rebbe himself goes and takes an axe, chops wood, lights a fire, and cooks a meal for this woman making sure that her house is warm, and that she has something to eat. Everything he did himself personally on the holiest day of the year. Now on Yom Kippur, every Jew is in a very high spiritual place, even in our times. But all the more so in the times of the Alter Rebbe, and especially in the town where the Alter Rebbe served as the rabbi. And of course, if everyone there was on a high spiritual level, then the Alter Rebbe himself was on an even higher spiritual level. And yet, in the middle of the Alter Rebbe's divine service on Yom Kippur, he felt that this new mother at the edge of the town needed a meal prepared for her. You know, the Heilige Rishon Rebbe says if you want to be a Rebbe, you have to be able to feel the pain of a woman in labor 300 kilometers from where you are. So obviously, the Alter Rebbe was on a very high spiritual level. If as he's davening on Yom Kippur, he feels the pain of a woman who had just given birth. So at that very moment, when the Alter Rebbe was in the highest spiritual worlds, what was his passion? What did he want to do? He wanted to do a favor for another Jew. And as I said, my friends, I'm recording this on the Hasidic holiday of Yud Tes Kislev, the holiday when the Alter Rebbe was freed from prison, and so was Hasidus. And the Rebbe taught us, this is the innovation of Hasidus, of the Hasidic movement. We all know that the Rebbe's were involved in the loftiest spiritual pursuits not just reaching the highest spiritual places, but teaching us the inner dimensions of the Torah and bringing it into practical terms so that we can use those inner teachings and apply it to our own lives. But where did the Rebbe's place their greatest emphasis? They did so by doing a favor for another Jew, whether it was physical or spiritual, as the Heidegger Baal Shem Tov taught us. And that is the lesson for us, my friends, a Yud Tes Kislev, that each of us has within us the power to emulate the Alter Rebbe when we are confronted with this dilemma. Do we focus on our own spiritual needs or do a favor for a fellow Jew? We can learn from the Alter Rebbe to forego 
our own spirituality and do the mitzvah of Ve'ahavta Ro'echa Kamocha, that you should love your fellow Jew as yourself. everyone a good yantiv, l'shana tova, b'limud ha-chasidut, b'darchei ha-chasidut, t'ichtevu v'tachtemu. Good yantiv, may everyone be inscribed and sealed for a good year in the study of Hasidus, in the ways of Hasidus, and of course, in Hasidic stories. My sweetest friends, thanks as always for listening to these stories. I want to thank all the supporters of this podcast. Thank you, each and every one of you. And thank you to every listener of this podcast. My wife and I get a big mazel tov because one of our daughters, Baruch Hashem, got engaged and is getting married recently. And as a result, I'm trying to figure out how to pay for all the expenses of the wedding. I don't know if you know how long it takes to produce one of these episodes, but it takes me many hours and it's very difficult to squeeze it into my very busy workday. So the Hasidic Story Project is looking for some more support. Maybe from you individually by becoming a supporter, by going to my website, HasidicStory.com, H-A-S-I-D-I-C, Story.com. You'll see there a link where you can become a supporter. Or if anybody knows of a foundation or private person that gives grants for projects like mine, please be in touch with me personally. You can send me a message on Facebook. Just search for my name, Barak Holman, B-A-R-A-K-H-U-L-L-M-A-N. Or you can send me an email directly, my name, Barack Holman, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't yet left a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it, please make sure you do. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, leave a thumbs up. Any positive feedback makes a difference. And thank you, my sweetest friends. We should continue to hear good news. <laughs>